This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome back to Rams Talk Podcast. We are here today after Derby's pretty boring one-all draw with Shrewsbury, uh, being completely honest. wasn't the most exciting game. And in fact, when we were trying to think of things to talk about today, it, you know, it was a shorter list than usual. There's usually a fair few things, but today not quite as much not quite as much uh joining me this evening two very good lads you'll know all too well first off mr vic singh how are you mate good evening jake not too bad got a point so can't really complain too much can we or can we or Or can can we we? (laughs) we'll see we'll see very shortly i've also got adam titley how are you mate yeah not too bad um yeah not too bad just sort of sat on the fence after yesterday just kind of all right just kind of all right i'm not not disappointed. I'm not overexcited. I'm just, I'm just all right. Yeah, I think that's the feeling amongst most of the fan base, isn't it? It was, it was a miserable day. There weren't too many meltdowns, but there wasn't too much to shout about either. Um, so yeah, just one of them days that you end up forgetting uh, by the end of the season. I think in a few weeks' time we'll forget this game even happened. But we want to start off talking about good things. Uh, and the first thing we want to talk about, uh, we got a comment from Jim Johnston saying, Adam, did you enjoy your pre-game pie? Before we get into anything, how was your pie, mate? Was it good? Mate, it was lovely. It was nice and hot. I did burn the roof of my mouth in classic Derby fashion. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was good. That was good to hear. Uh, talking about another success from yesterday, Vic, was uh, the corner that led to the goal. We'll start off on it because there's not really a lot of positive stuff to talk about, but it was a really well-worked corner. Runners at the front post, dragging the defenders away, opened a path for Mendes Lang's corner to fall straight to Max Bird, who slotted it home. It's good to see Derby being created from set pieces. We said it the last few years, we've not been good enough, I'd say, from those positions. We're starting to look pretty dangerous from them now, aren't we? Yeah, and I think it's uh, part of the poor war and ethos, isn't it? <clears throat> that um, We have to be good from set pieces. It's nice to see a score a set piece goal. I was quite tough for Max actually, actually to get that goal, because um, I think he's really been uh, he's been quite a revelation since uh, he's actually made his transfer. I think he's really put everything towards the shirt. So it's nice to see a score a set piece goal. It's nice to just have that awareness. Uh, the movement in the box is a lot more better than we've seen in previous years. Um, but like I said, that's probably the only good talking point that we had yesterday was that set piece goal. So nice for the awareness from Mendes Lang. Nice, nice to see that uh, Max Bird popped up with a goal. Uh, just nice to see us capitalise on a set piece. 
Yeah, it definitely is. And Adam, something Vic touched on there was to do with Max Bird. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of controversy uh, before last week's game against Charlton. He had a really good game last week, ended up setting up the goal and he ended up scoring the goal today. Uh, he's been involved in all but one of Derby's last four goals, I think it is, um, which, you know, is quite impressive and spans back a few games now. So Max Bird, he's come back on loan. He seems to have sort of I guess, reawoken himself. I don't think he was quite himself just before uh, the transfer window. What do you reckon? I think he's got a point to prove now, really, that he's got that move. He's got a point to prove that, one, he's he's good enough to play in the championship and that he is a championship player. I mean, we all know it, but now he's got a point to prove to, to Bristol City fans and also that, you know, a wider fan base than just Derby County fans. Um, and he's also got a point to prove in the fact he'll probably want to leave on a, on a high with Derby, not on another on another failed promotion attempt he, he he wants to leave on something that will um that will that will leave him well in the memory so i think he's got two things um that he wants to accomplish and that's to to prove himself um a top player in this division and a player who's ready to make that step up um to first team action next season and also he's, he's got the point to prove that you know he really does want to leave on a high because i think i think there was a lot of fans who were who were questioning his application before his move came in um and you know, performance levels had dropped from him, I think. And now now he's stepping up into that further forward position a little bit more and, and he's getting further forward and, and he scored the goal. I think he got the assist in there at Charlton as well. Um so yeah, good to see Max Bird getting involved with the goals and assists, because that is something that people I know were were questioning, saying that he didn't score enough goals or assist enough. And I'm not comparing him to, but Will Hughes was a player who didn't score or get enough assists if if you want to make that sort of sort of statement and and we know how good he is and, and how he's an established premiership player now so I think Max Bird is just he's putting in everything to hopefully get Derby County over the line come the end of the season Absolutely and we've got a couple of comments already talking about the substitutions and the way we set up do not worry we will get to that um, we've got plenty to come but first I want to talk about one of the other shining lights of yesterday one of the very few shining lights and that's Ibu Adams uh, in the centre of midfield now I don't know whether it's just because he's got qualities uh, we've desperately missed or if he's absolutely brilliant or maybe both but yesterday again really stood out in the centre of the park won more tackles than anyone else won I think more uh, interceptions than anyone else and bought more fouls than anyone else. I mean, they're three really good stats to have in the centre of midfield. And Vic, you look at him and we said this after Charlton, he brings bite, he brings physicality that we needed. We've had a couple of comments already about, you know, other midfielders not quite having the physicality that's required. And he really brings that and he definitely made us look better, didn't he? Yeah, and I think the work that Adams puts in, I think allows the other two midfielders to sort of play their game a bit more. And there's a bit more of that midfield balance that we've been crying out for all season. So it's nice to see Abu sort of settling really quickly. I didn't think he'd have the impact that he has had so fast. Uh, like I mentioned earlier in our um, little chat, maybe it's like that George Thorne-esque sort of signing that we've got. Maybe That's he could be... Cool. Well, to be fair, if he keeps playing the way he does, I think I think he will be. He would be just as important. It's nice to see that we've got a battler in midfield because I thought we were too soft. I thought we had a soft underbelly, especially in the middle of the park where teams were really exploiting it. So... It's nice to see Adams has got the other side to him. And I think it just allows Max Bird and Conor Horahan to sort of play their game a bit more going forward. So we've finally got that midfield balance right for now. Hopefully it continues. Well, I should say long may it continue. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Adams has been a revelation in the middle of the park. And it's nice to see us finally get that balance right. 
It is. And Adam, I mean, we've seen it a little bit already since Adams has come in. Bird's been involved in, well, every goal Derby have scored, but two goals in two games. And it, it seems to be that, as Vic says, we've achieved that midfield balance now, uh, which we've been desperately hoping for. Um, I, I guess the question is, can you see it staying that way? As long as as long as the midfield stays fit and we don't get any unlucky injuries, then then I would definitely hope so. Because I think I said last week, Adams coming in allowed for Bird to step further forward because he acted as that that buffer in between the midfield and the defence when the balls were getting played through the middle or over the top. So as long as Adams and Max Bird stay fit, as well as Connor Horahan, then then hopefully we'll have that better midfield balance that we've been that we've been crying out for. I don't see why it would slow down. You know, I'm a you know, I'm a big believer in players will, will dip in and out of form from time to time, um, especially in League One. And, you know, we might see a little dip here and there, but it's to be expected. And if, if we can keep that midfield three the same as it is, then I'm then I'm sure we'll be getting the same level of application and performance from them in the middle. And, and hopefully it will help us win a few more points as well. Yeah, let's hope you're right. Let's hope you're right. Right. That's all the positive stuff out of the way. Um, now to look at some of the, I guess, more questionable things from yesterday. And there's been a lot of talk on social media about it. But this first point, I haven't seen as much about as I probably thought. Now, one of the things that confused me yesterday, obviously seeing the team line up and thought it looked pretty good. But we didn't shape up exactly the way that I thought. I mean, we started with a back five and essentially two holding midfielders at home, which, again, if you're a follower of England, you know the pain of that when you're the favourite going into a game. And one of the things that confused me the most was just the way we played in that first half. We had Sonny Bradley in the centre of central defence. You had Curtis Nelson, who's a right footer, playing on the left side of central defence. You know, Bradley's left footed. Is he that slow that he's going to get exposed in those positions? It made you really think. Um, and then as well, we get just tried to play it over the top every time. And my brother said it, it felt like FIFA 13 um, back in the day where you could just clip through balls over the top and you'd have informed Marco Royce playing up top or someone with like 98 pace. And that was the whole game plan. Except the problem is we have James Collins and it, it's quite quite tough when you've got a player that's not quite as quick. He was offside five times in that as well, which is mad when you think about it. Um, Vic... I didn't understand the way we set up, to be honest. I don't really understand what Warren was trying to achieve. I think it was quite, I guess, negative at home. Is it just the same as we always do or are we overanalyzing it after a good result last week? I think it could be a bit of both, really. I think I think yesterday was a case of maybe, because obviously with the cashing injury, that was probably unexpected. It sort of maybe had to be square pegs in round holes. I think that's what we saw with the back three, especially. And we know Sonny Bradley isn't the quickest, but we thought maybe if he's going to play in that back three, the most comfortable he's going to look is in the centre of that three. Um, I mean, it begs the, it begs the question: that if we've got a left, if we needed to put a left-footed uh, centre back there, why not just try Elder, who's naturally left-footed, rather than put Nelson there? We know Nelson can play on the right side, and then it just would have meant that Niambe would have had to be on the bench, but. I mean, up until up until the subs were made, I thought we looked quite solid at the back. Um, but like you said, it was it was weird the way we were attacking. Like we were trying to play long balls. Collins isn't going to run onto it. You'd think with the pace that we had on both wings, you thought we'd have utilised that better, but we didn't. Um, we didn't really try to play through the middle either. I think it just looked a case of maybe lads just looking tired or lethargic. It looked like a very lethargic performance from Derby yesterday, um, which isn't which is quite worrying to see considering we're in that business end of the season now. But um, yeah, it didn't make much sense and I couldn't say until that first half. I mean, said it already and there was nothing to talk about that performance, nothing positive. And then it wasn't until he really made that first change with Joe Ward that we thought that 
there was a bit more an attacking onus on on Derby, and we sort of played a bit better. Um, but yeah, it didn't really make much sense to me either, to be honest. Yeah, it was quite a weird one. I mean, Joe Ward, you've mentioned there, obviously came off at half time. I thought in the first half he just looked completely lost. Um, he was close down really well. You have got to give credit to Shrewsbury. Um, even though they were very, very physical at times, they managed us really well. And in that first half, they completely nullified us. I mean, you could tell Mendes Lang was getting frustrated. Uh, I don't know if that striker role completely suits him when we're playing at home. I understand it away from home when you're trying to hit players on the break. But at home, he really couldn't get in behind at all. He couldn't really stretch the pitch. And he just ended up picking up the ball in deep positions and ended up being more of a playmaker than anything else. Uh, and Adam, I mean, Joe Ward, we have to talk about it because he was so good against Charlton um, and we really thought he'd turn a corner. But every time the ball came to him, he didn't have any confidence to sort of knock it past the man. He didn't really do anything apart from that free kick that Collins almost turned in late in the first half. I mean, again, is he a, a casualty of the system or, or did they just shut him down quite well? I, th I thought Joe Ward was okay yesterday, to be fair. I didn't think he had an amazing game, and I don't think he had a poor game by any means. I think, like many of the players in that first time, it was a pretty average display from him, and that's not me criticising him. I just think that just because of how the ball dropped and that there wasn't many options, I don't think he, he had that opportunity to maybe take someone on. So I don't think we did it very much at all in that first half, any of the, the wide players or players going forward. So the substitution at half-time, it did surprise me a little bit when he came off of Barkays, and if I'm correct, I think it was. Um, it surprised me a little bit, but I understood it that maybe Bart Kazen offered something a little different. But I think once that second half kicked off, it became apparent that Bart Kazen wasn't fully into the game, if that made sense. He didn't seem to, he pretty much had the same impact Joe Ward had in that first half, really. Um, Joe Ward, I thought he put a couple of decent balls into the box, like we said, from the free kicks. Is he a casualty of the system? I'm not, I'm not too sure. I think the system suits him with how wide we play, um, and aim to look go, go down the width and. You know, you'd think Joe Ward, with with how good he is with his crosses into the box and even at dead ball situations, he'd be a good asset in that system. But unfortunately, I just don't think um, it was his day yesterday in that first half. I just don't think enough dropped to him to be able to do too much with it. And and maybe people, some people will say that he, he should have done more, maybe so. But I don't think yesterday was too bad. I think he just put it a, a pretty average display in that first half, which isn't a criticism, it isn't a praise. It's just a pretty average display from him in a system where maybe you think he'd flourish a little bit more. Yeah, I think I think that's probably the biggest disappointment, wasn't it? Was that you thought we're playing the back three, this is his time, he's had a good game. And I guess he just didn't really build on that, which is disappointing. But again, we we can kind of see what Warren's gonna do. And I guess one of the problems we have is scoring goals at the minute. I mean, we were all saying in the transfer window we need another striker. I don't even know if it's down to a striker, to be honest, because I can't remember one real chance that Collins had yesterday or Mendes Lang or any. Did we even create a chance apart from that header right at the sort of last minute? And it sort of worries me a bit. I mean, I've got the form in front of me uh, right now. It's what, four goals in our last five games, which isn't a great return for a team towards the top of the league. We've only managed to score more than one goal once in that period, and that was against Cheltenham at home. And again, one of those was direct from a set piece. So, Vic, I mean, we look at the way Derby set up, uh, and I've got it written down here that we kind of, we let other teams into the game. And we've talked about this underdog style that we kind of employ at the minute. We seem to make every single game a contest when maybe it shouldn't be. You know, Shrewsbury, 17th in the league at the time. We're second. We should really be getting in there, taking the game to them and, and really sort of bringing, bringing everything at them and, and 
hopefully scoring goals. And we didn't really do that. We didn't control the ball. We didn't control the game. And actually, I'd probably say Shrewsbury had the better of the halves in the first half and probably even maybe in the second half as well. What is it that's causing that? It could be a number of things. It could be the system. It could be, again, square pegs in round holes. I don't think we've necessarily got that much. I mean, for the players we got on the pitch, we should have more creativity, let's be honest. But for one reason or another, it just seems like we're, again, going back to that age-old saying of restricting our play. It feels like that. The last, last four or five games especially, I don't think we've created a lot. Um, and it's sort of, we're sort of going for the let's nick it 1-0 mentality sort of thing. And Again, I understand it's a results business and if it works, great. But when it doesn't work, you notice it in abundance. And especially if we're in that top two at the minute where we're looking to try and solidify at least an automatic promotion spot, we can't continue to be like that because our, our, our spot won't be safe. Um, again, it could be players dipping in and out of form. Um, barring Collins' gold purple patch, I don't think we've really had anybody that's been booming other than Mendes Lang as well. But when they're off form, you can is the whole team sort of um, it's, it impacts the whole team. So it could be a number of things. Um, I'd, I'd just put it down to maybe just the players in and out of form at the minute, and too many changes in the side in terms of the system. I think we've been playing three five two, three four three, four two three one, and they haven't really got a system that really is we can call a derby system that's going to get us the three points or guarantee us something at the end of a game. So maybe it's just a change of a lot of things that the players aren't settled with. That's it. And I mean, Adam, you know, look at the way we play. Vic talked there about the changes in system and we never really seem to play many sort of passes or little short passes and create anything with regards to link-up play or anything along those lines in the final third. Because when we pick up the ball, we kind of play it over the top, try and get it across the box. Like, I get it. It's effective. It's quick. Um, and it can be devastating, as we've seen at times this season. But we'll sort of pick up the ball on the edge of the box and no one's making those, like, quick movements and, and darting in behind. And you look at other teams. I mean, Shrewsbury did it really well. They play quick one-twos and all of a sudden they're in. Um, and yes, they didn't score any goals, but you'd think with the qualities that we have at our disposal, if we did similar sort of things, we'd look dangerous and we'd be more dangerous. I mean, is again, is that something to do with the game plan? Is that something to do with the players? Do the players not know exactly where they're meant to be? What do you think? I think it's difficult because we've known for so long that Paul Warren won't change this, get it out wide and cross it into the box style of play, which we've, we've used all season. And we've had some superb games where it has worked. Um, we've had some terrible games where it hasn't worked. Maybe Shrewsbury away early on this season is the benchmark for that, I would say. Um, and then I think maybe it is a little down to the players because I think in the first half we had one flash of where we can play some nice passing football, one-touch football. Like, uh, I'm sure it must have been Adams who won the ball back and then some quick one-twos. And, and unfortunately, a pass just got away from us at the end, which probably would have put us in for one last ball into the box and, and hopefully a goal at the end of it. So... I think we've shown flashes of it, but nowhere near enough, not consistently enough by any means to even consider that we're going to start playing that sort of football more often. Um, I think the players, just initiative needs to be a little bit better. You know, we mentioned James Collins offside five times yesterday. How? How is my question? Is he offside in that game? Um, five times. I know I know a lot of people question the linesman decision, but you, at the end of the day, he is offside a lot every game. You could probably you can probably tally up James Collins offside this season and it probably adds up to the more points than we have on the board this season at this point. Um, but yeah, 
it's probably just down to players' initiative. I think maybe just a little bit, a little bit more clever in that final third and when playing through the middle. Because far too many times we pick up the ball and instead of going forward straight away, we pick the safe option of going back. And that is, that is what has been instilled in the players from the management and also the players' initiative themselves. Um, far too many times we play back. I think maybe we had a corny yesterday, and it dropped to maybe even Barkhaisen or Nelson, who was just in between the, the box and the halfway line opted to play it back rather than look forward. And it's just those little moments where maybe we could create something out of nothing, um, but we choose not to and go backwards. So I think I think maybe going forward in the future we can we can play with a little bit more initiative and, and show that we you know we we're trying to play some clever balls to get us in. Because I'd rather we try it and it not work than than not try it and we continue this spell of of what some people call a, a little bit boring football at the moment. But yeah, that's my take on it. That's it. I mean, we spoke earlier in the season about the handbrake, didn't we? Um, and, and can Paul Warren let the handbrake off? And we did for, a, 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 I guess, a, a long time. But now it seems like it's come back on again. There's a little bit of nervousness back in the team. But what I was thinking of was when we were picking up the ball. So picture this, you're, you're Ryan Niambi at right back. Normal teams. <laughs> let's call them normal teams. The midfielder, let's call him Conor Hurahan, will show in the middle. Niambi's on the right. He'll play it into Hurahan who will then play a ball in behind or out wide. And it just creates that little triangle, that little avenue, and it moves defenders around. It's hard to defend against the ball when it's changing direction that quickly. For Derby, Ryan Amber would get that ball and he'd look over and he'd see James Collins making that run. And he'd try and play the ball himself because that's what we're being told to do. They're clearly being told, you know, chip it over the top. And it's one-dimensional and it's easy to read. And 90% of the time it doesn't work. And I think that's why... James Collins is offside so often because he has to get those margins spot on. He's not got the pace to give a player a yard. He's got to be bang on. So if he's not bang on and he's a yard past it, he's offside every time. And I think that's a consequence of, of trying to play the way that we're playing with, you know, a striker that's not the most mobile is that he ends up suffering for it. You know, Mendes Lang, even a couple of times, even he was just a bit too quick off the mark. Uh, when he was played in behind. So I don't know. I, I think we'll see in coming games. I think we played the ball around quite nicely more recently. But yeah, I think against Shrewsbury, we, we didn't shower ourselves in any glory. Um, but one of the questions I've got for you, Vic, is I guess what we spoke about against Cheltenham. Now, after that Cheltenham game and after Charlton last week, we spoke about the formation and we said that the back three suited this team. And I think against Cheltenham, especially being a home game, we saw us really go for it towards the end. We looked more solid. We controlled the whole game. Now, yesterday it was different and we didn't control the game uh, and we lost it. What was the difference between... It was pretty much the same team that we played as well. What was the difference between that Cheltenham back three and the Shrewsbury back three? Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116-123. That's 116-123. 
They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Probably just terms of quality, I think. I mean, maybe Shrewsbury's backline. We've got to give them a bit of credit. They were, they were pretty solid yesterday. They did really well against us. And like we said, we both teams sort of cancelled each other out. Um, I think yesterday maybe we're just missing players like Cashin. We don't we didn't realise how important he could be to the side uh, until he's obviously been out with his injury. And normally you see Cashin put those diag balls in, uh, and then normally nine times out of ten find the wingers. And that's the quick play that I'm guessing we missed yesterday. Because obviously if you've got Sonny Bradley trying to do that, it's just, it's not going to work, is it really? Um, maybe key players missing out. Um, I think three five two works away from home with us. I don't think at home it's as effective. I think three five two away from home, uh, we can sit back, sort of invite the pressure, and then hit them on the counter. It's perfect. It's the perfect formula to get three points away from home. But at home, I just think we need to really push forward a bit more. And like you said, like we're trying to loop balls over to Collins, who bless him, he's he's not blessed with pace, is he? So he's having to move. Slightly early, and he's always finding himself offside. If we had a quicker striker, someone like maybe Barkas, and if he wanted to play up top there, they can just play on the shoulder of the last man. It might work, but I think maybe at home, maybe we just need to explore different ideas. I think three five two away from home, perfect. At home, let's try and look at something else that sort of suits this team better. Um, maybe go for an old old school four four two something like that, just to just to experiment and give us a bit more solidity and just a bit more honest going forward. I think. Yeah, I agree. I think yesterday, I mean, to play the back three, we had square pegs in round holes, didn't we? So it seemed really strange that we did that to play a formation that, yeah, as you say, probably doesn't 100% suit the team. Adam, did you just really fall off the table then? <laughs> no, my microphone's bounced on a box and it nearly fell and I didn't want to blow anybody's ears out <laughs> listening to it. No, yeah, grab this, it. this is a, a high budget podcast keep that in mind keep that in mind i mean i guess the same to you adam same question to you you know we we played that back five where do you think it went wrong i mean maybe it is cashing missing in that back in that back five maybe he had something that when when he's not there we we really miss but i just think down to the wide men i don't think we got up and down the wings enough attacking that first half is forgettable I'll be honest I, I could only remember half chances that we created I mean that first half and that one flash of, of, of bit of display from attacking intent but the second half I felt like we tried to get up a little bit more we got the goal but we just did classic Derby County and we sat on a 1-0 lead um, and unfortunately it just didn't work for us as it did the week before but I think that back five I don't think there was too much wrong with it yesterday I felt like we kept Shrewsbury out um, for long enough, I don't think Joe, I don't think Joe Wildsmith needed to make a save until until they had their opportunity. And it was I've not watched the goal back from from memory. It was it was it was a little bit scrappy that it fell in the back of the net. But you could also argue our goal was a little bit fortunate to end up in the back of the net with the keeper getting something on it. And I don't think the back five did too much wrong. Um, hopefully, this becomes a regular occurrence. But I thought Sonny Bradley was fine at the back. I thought he put in a, a decent display at the back. I thought there was only maybe one one moment when he scuffed a clearance to the edge of the box but well, there's nothing to pull him up on I thought he was decent in the back back middle there he looked composed on the ball but that I don't think they did say. too yeah <laughs> oh I don't know what that was I had disappeared on my screen I thought I'd gone um but no I thought um yeah I didn't think the back five did too much wrong with offense defensively I think maybe the wide men offensively just didn't have as much of an impact as what was really needed from them in that game yesterday 
Potentially. He could potentially be right. Uh, just to have a look at some of the comments, we've got Alex who says he thinks the players are doing what they're told and it just doesn't work. We rely on individuals doing something great rather than a system which consistently produces goal-scoring chances. And I have to admit, we've said similar things on this podcast before. Uh, Ash says he thinks Mendes Lang's completely wasted as a striker, barely touched the ball in the first half, no much more effective out on the wing second half. I, I definitely agree with that. I think at home, Mendes Lang as a striker has is, is not looked anywhere near as good as he's been playing out wide. Um Jim Johnson said, noticed after 20 minutes, our system wasn't working. So I was slightly surprised it took so long to change it. Ryan Jolly says, we're definitely missing a second striker. Um, and Mimi says, the whole system is wrong at the minute and the players don't seem to understand it. So a lot of, I guess, quite scathing comments, to be honest. Um, I mean, if you look at our run of form, we've lost one in our last five. We're in second position. But does it feel like we're in second position? I don't know. I don't know if I can answer that question. Uh, but we had to talk about it, Vic. We've somehow gone 26 minutes without talking about it. We have to talk about the substitutions, which directly lead to their goal. So the two subs, um, I mean, we saw Ibu Adams. He pulled up. He had cramp. I was really scared. It looked like he'd done his knee in from where I was. And turns out he just, you know, isn't fit enough yet because he hasn't played much football recently. Goes off a cramp, makes sense. I completely understand he can't run. Um, Ryan Niambi comes off. Now, Paul Warren said he thought that Niambi had a, a little bit of a problem with his knee. Um, whether that's true or not, we'll never know. I do think if it's not a, a big problem, this is my personal bias opinion, I wouldn't make a change like that in the last five minutes. If he's made it to 85, surely he can do another five. I don't know. That's just what I think. I could be wrong. I don't really know anything. Um, Vic, what do you reckon to the subs? Well, well, the Adams one was we had to do that. I think he pulled up at Charlton as well, didn't he? So I think he's not fully match fit, and bless him, he's doing a lot. He's putting a good shift in there with the with the Niambe one. It confused me. I think he chucked in Kane. Was it Kane Wilson? He chucked him with five minutes to go. Didn't give him enough time to sort of like put his get his feet in on the ground and get settled into the game. And then obviously we see the mistake come from his side. Um, like you said, if 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 he's not if he's not injured or if he is, but can last an extra five minutes, then fair enough. If he'd have made that sub ten minutes earlier, and that would have happened, I guess we would have just put it down to just pure, just pure unluckiness and uh, Shrewsbury just carrying on attacking and just being persistent. But I guess the timing of the goal was pretty bad. I think it was eighty six minute the sub, eighty seventh minute goal. Um, Again, just didn't give enough time for Kane Wilson to settle in. And I thought Niambe would probably... To me, it didn't look like Niambe was injured. I might be wrong. Um, but it didn't give enough time for Kane Wilson to get into the game. And we know Kane Wilson is a lot more of an attacking outlet rather than Niambe. We know Niambe is more defensive. So, I don't know. I think he got it wrong. The the system, maybe maybe we need to do a reshuffle. We could have maybe just chucked everyone at the back and just <laughs> normally hold on like we normally do. But... Yeah, it cost us, didn't it? But like, like I said, there's a silver lining in there. It's a point gained, uh, but still second place. So I guess I guess you've got to find the silver lining in there somewhere, in yeah. You definitely do. You definitely do. And Adam, you said you haven't watched it back, so I'm just going to jog your memory because unfortunately I've watched it back. Um, and ball comes over. Collins is, is pressing the wide man. Wilson's to the side watching the guy who put the ball across. Collins steps in to go to make the challenge, misses the ball, misses the man. Wilson clearly anticipates that Collins is going to win that ball, gets caught out, ends up with the man behind him, has to turn, chases him, ball comes across. Liam Thompson, for some reason, is sliding across the box with no one near him. Uh, if he'd stayed on his feet, he would have very easily got that ball and cleared it. 
And then he just taps in, um, I say taps in, puts it in the far corner out of Wildsmith's reach. I mean, both subs didn't cover themselves in glory. Um, I do think bringing subs on in that sort of situation when they've got the ball so high up the pitch is dangerous. I, I think it... Yeah, I mean, you could clearly see neither of them were ready. Uh, both of them have been stood there for three or four minutes. So I wouldn't have been surprised if they'd got cold as well um, because they had to wait a while to make the sub. I mean, Adam, the subs were painful. Um, the result was painful. Um, what did you make of it? I think I think subs did have a direct correlation with the goal. I think it's hard to argue differently um, from that if people say the subs didn't result. I think it's very hard to say it didn't when we were caught out because we were in a change of of personnel and, and almost formation maybe if you like with players out of position um it was the one lapse of concentration in what was a pretty good defensive performance probably you could argue from both sides as well um but then soon as them subs had come on Shrewsbury seemed to get on top maybe but just because of momentum but they seemed to be coming forward a little bit more and it wasn't until maybe the added time when the crowd lifted a little and, and we started to maybe have one or two half chances ourselves. But yeah, I felt defensively when the substitutions were made. But if, if Niambi was injured, he had to come off. Um, there's there's no point risking him when bigger games are to come um, in the coming weeks. But yeah, um, disappointing that the subs led to the goals, to be honest, because it had been very solid, very sturdy. Um, for that 85 minutes, 86 minutes up until the subs changed the game. But then to play devil's advocate, if Niambi was injured, I, I don't want to risk him in a game against Shrewsbury. And if that means that we've dropped one point, I'd rather gain three against the side in the top six. Um, for my own, That's my own personal opinion on that one. But yeah, I thought offensively we didn't do enough. Defensively, I thought we were pretty good. Overall, a draw, complete fair result in my eyes. Um, I don't think either side deserved anything more from it. Um, disappointing to concede so late on as well with that but it was the one lapse in, in concentration from a couple of players which led to a goal and yeah, unfortunately that's just happened and you have to try and dust yourself down and move on because we've got a couple of big games coming up Absolutely. I think it says a lot about the game yesterday, how low energy this episode's been, because I can't remember us being this low energy um, on a Sunday night before. But I mean, what that plays a big part in the atmosphere. And we were talking about it before recording, weren't we, that the atmosphere has not been great. I mean, we see on Twitter people saying, you know, back the team. And I say it, back the team. You want to push the team forwards. But sometimes when nothing happens for 30 minutes of a game, it's quite hard. I mean, when you're away, it's easy because everyone's had about 12 pints. So it's brilliant. You know, you'll sing all day. It doesn't matter. We could be 8-0 down. But at home, it's it's a different experience. And, you know, you have to actually be doing something to get the fans going. And Derby didn't do that. They didn't do that. We had one or two chances. I mean, I remember Adam's jogged my memory in, in our little chat that we've got talking about Mendes Lang's shot. Mendes Lang had a shot and all of a sudden the atmosphere picked up. And for about two minutes, it was great. And then we didn't do anything for the next 10 minutes and it died again. Um, and Vic, uh, it's, it's a delicate balance, isn't it, between entertainment and atmosphere? You've kind of got to have a bit of both and they've got to help each other out. I mean, you can see some Derby fans are clearly trying. Even when we were rubbish, they were still chanting. We've got to do more to get the fans going, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. Again, it's a mix of a lot of things. I think the players didn't do enough for us to sort of get behind anyone, but at the same time, the onus is on us to provide that atmosphere and be that 12th man for them, to give them that extra 10% to get that extra bit of performance out of them. Like I said, it's a fine balance. I think 
the onus is quite a high on obviously the south stand and obviously the boys in there. I'm not saying that because me and Adam both sit in the south stand, but uh, yeah, the the, the the not the pressure as much, but I think the everyone looks to the south stand as the the singing section, and if and nothing if it's flat there, it's flat all over the ground. Mm. Uh, having said that, though, when we did get the uh, the goal, I thought it was really good for the five minutes or so that followed it. I think every it was actually really really loud. I think the southwest corner joined in east stand. Even the West, and normally you don't hear much from the West. And, you the know, old you know people why... behind me sang, Vic. That that's, what means, uh, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. It took a goal for us yesterday to get going. Um, but again, the players have got to give us something to shout about. Even if we'd have missed five, six, seven shots on, <laughs> in a row, we'd have still got behind that behind the lads yesterday, and the atmosphere would have been better. Um, but yeah, it's just striking that fine balance. Isn't it? I mean, we can do as much as we can as fans, but um, you know, the lads have got to give us something to work on, isn't they really? Absolutely. And before I ask you, Adam, Jim's just put about, um, you know, will Corey Blackett Taylor make a difference? And I'm surprised he didn't come on, to be honest, especially towards the end um, when we could have done with a little bit of excitement. But I mean, Adam, again, you also sit in the South Stand. I say sit, stand in the South Stand. Um, you know, you're the one who's meant to be singing. So you have to take your share of the blame. Uh, it was East Standards just sit in silence instead. Um, I mean, what is it about Derby this season that's killed the atmosphere a bit? I think, like Vic said, it's a lot of things. I think, obviously, that, I mean, we could say poor runner form or, or poor performances, shall we say, at the start of the season definitely didn't help. And then there was a lot of animosity uh, full-time and at half-times in numerous games, home and away. That that definitely didn't help at all. Um, and then the scenes at Shrewsbury away post-game when, when Conor Horahan and a few of the players were coming over to the fans, I think... That leaves an impression on some fans, I would say, um, and definitely leave. It, it, it just does, unfortunately. And then I think at home, uh, yesterday, I, I agree, I thought the atmosphere was good. Um, after the goal, I thought all four stands were stood up, joined in with it, um, uh, with the, the Doctor's 21 points chant. Um, and then after that, it started to, to lay down a little bit and flatten out, but we were still attacking and I thought it was good. But I think... I agree with Vic. I think, yeah, it, it, the players need to give us something to go off. You know, if it's a big occasion, then I think the the home atmosphere at Derby County is superb, and I think that's the same for every every club really up and down um, the country. If if the atmosphere if the occasion's big, then the atmosphere will match it. Um, I think yesterday it was it was good for what it has been so far this season, but I think just. Yeah, there needs to be some little lifts here and there, maybe one or two half chances that can lift the fans, like you said about Mendes Lang's shot. Even Corey Blackett-Taylor making a start, I think, can add to that. Um, Adams, especially away at Charlton, added to the atmosphere with his performance that he put in. So it is just singular little things that can really lift an atmosphere. And I think yesterday, maybe it just lacked that because I don't think anybody put in a performance that to shout about on that football pitch yesterday. And there wasn't anything massive. I think... Even the little scrappy bits at corners helped add to a little bit of the atmosphere that was starting to be generated. But it just wasn't enough. There was nothing in that game which which really sparked anything. And unfortunately, that's just how it goes sometimes. And, and hopefully in the coming games with the end of the season running and the position we find ourselves, hopefully it helps lift the atmosphere a little bit more. Well, absolutely. I mean, you could see what it meant when the goal went in, couldn't you? Because even though it was a rubbish game, atmosphere is suddenly the highest it's been in a while. Quite a while, I'd probably say. I mean, I know it's kind of recent, but the Burton game, you know, when we scored that third goal, the atmosphere was great because, you know, it's it, it was a, a big game. If we'd have thrown that away and, and drawn 2 2, 
it would have been horrendous. So, you know, you could see what it meant and you could see what it meant yesterday. It's just, yeah, we need to have a bit more and just bring a bit more and get the supporters on their feet a little bit more. But right, we're still in second for now. Let's hope we still are at this time next week because we've got two big games between then. Extra away on Tuesday. We're all being plastics this week. Uh, none of us can manage that one. Uh, I think it's, what, the second time this year there's been no Rams talk representation? First, second time? I think so. I think so. Poor yeah. from us. Poor that is from us. poor from us. That's rubbish. We're terrible yeah. supporters. Um, and we've also got Stevenage at the weekend, which we'll all be at because it's at home. Um, so, right. I mean... Vic, I want I want goal scorers. I want score predictions. I want a little summary of how you think both games are going to go. Right, so let's start with Exeter. I think we'll win 2-0. Uh, let's, let's be a bit positive. I think Corey Brackett-Taylor is going to get his first goal. I think Collins will re- find his scoring form. I think it'll be a cagey game, but I think we'll just come out on top of that quality. We'll move on to Stevenage, which is, I think, the massive, massive game for us. I think if we can put a marker down there and put in a good performance and get three points against Stevenage, I think... It could just kickstart our season again and kickstart the 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 atmosphere in the stand. So let's go for a, a two-one win against Stevenage as well. Um, again, another cagey game, but I think we'll come out on top and we'll go for a Mendes Lang and a, another bird goal to keep up his fine form. Good stuff, Adam. Well, I was just checking Exeter's recent form, and now I'm incredibly worried. They seem to have had an upturn of form recently and taken some big wins against teams in the top six. So Exeter. I'll go with a narrow 1-0 win. Um, if we can get a win there, that would be superb because they have beaten the likes of, you know, Peterborough. Um, I think they also beat Wigan recently who are on a bad side either. Um, so I'd take a 1-0 win there. But if we drew, I could I could, I could handle that, to be honest. Um, and then Stevenage, I agree with Vic, it's, it's the big game, isn't it? Um, I'll go with a, a 3-1 win, but the scoreline's not as convincing as we think. I think it'll be a tough game. Maybe some late goals. And Stevenage is going to be a scrappy game. I would not be surprised to see numerous yellow cards being dished out in that game. And because that's just the way Stevenage play and, and we've got to rise to that because we, we got bullied in that game away at Stevenage earlier on the season, like many sides have this season. Um, so I'll go with a 3-1 win there and, and hopefully Corey Blackett-Taylor can get his uh, first goal for the club soon. That would be good. That would be very nice. Um, again, like you said, you can't grumble at a, a draw away from home. I think away to anyone, you'll, you'll always take a point. Uh, we've got a couple in the comments as well. Ben Chambers has put Exeter nil, Derby nil and uh, Derby nil, Stevenage nil. I like the sound of that. Um, Jim Johnson said Exeter, we're going to win two. <laughs> he said we're going to win two all. Uh, that'd be an impressive three points. I'm, I guess he means two one uh, with two goals from Mendes Lang, and then uh, we'll beat Stevenage one 0 with a goal from Collins. Uh, a guy who is called Monster Monster, which is an interesting name, uh, thinks we're going to beat Exeter three nil, and he's going to put a ten on a Mendes Lang hat trick. I don't know if he's even scored a hat trick in his career, so I'm sure the odds for that will be pretty decent. Um, and I think oh, I think it's going to be difficult. I think Exeter. I think we'll draw. To be honest, I think it'll be a one all. Um, I think we'll just carry on the way we're playing at the minute. I think it'll probably be pretty boring. I wish I'd have gone to bed earlier. Um, but yeah, one all, Collins, Penn, I don't know, something along those lines. And then, yeah, looking at Stevenage at the weekend, really tough game. Um, I think it's four games at home now. We've dropped points from winning positions with goals after 85 minutes, which is ridiculous. Uh, nearly did that again at the Burton game. So there's even more games and uh, Bristol Rovers. So 
We seem to have a bit of a soft underbelly late on in games, uh, and I think that's going to come back to bite us. And again, I think it'll be another one-all. Um, the way we're playing at the minute, I can't see us blowing teams away. And I think there'd be probably two decent points, but I think we'll still be disappointed by the end. But let's hope Derby can prove me wrong. So, right, that's uh, that's a weird episode, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> we just moaned, which is weird because we're in second position and we are in a really good place to go up. Um, we've just got to hope it stays that way. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening. If you did enjoy, you know where to find us by now, Ramsort Podcast or Ramsort Pod, pretty much everywhere. Um, follow us on Twitter if you haven't already and you can catch all the latest gossip and everything like that. We, we chat about random stuff, put discussion points out. If you haven't subscribed, please do. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, really, really grateful for everyone that does uh, and it builds a really good community live, which is always great. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So thank you very much for listening. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. And let's hope I'm completely wrong and we're here next week with six points. See you later, guys. Have a great week. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.